Hello and welcome to the Student Council Podcast, an educational advice show made for students and by students, where everyone is qualified to talk about their own experiences. My name is Carter Dvorak, and today we are joined by my high school civics and econ and AP government teacher, a Wordle aficionado, a spelling bee genius, Mr. John Green. How are you? I'm great, Carter. So good to see you. Thanks for hosting me. Uh, first question, am I the oldest guest on your podcast so far? So far, I think so. So I'll take it. So. Hi, Congratulations. Man. Yeah. Good to yeah. see you. Good to see you too. Thank you so much for coming on. I want to ask, what has been your favorite five minutes of the past week? Oh, so I was prepping for this one a little bit, Carter. I'll give you three. Can I give you three? Yeah, but it, you can. My answer won't take that long. The first one is I met up with um, my college buddy last weekend in Detroit. So a guy I met when I was 18 years old, best man in each other's weddings, but I hadn't seen him since pre-COVID. He lives in Boston. I, of course, live in Holland, Michigan, and we met in Detroit. He flew in. I drew up, drove over. And we went to a Pistons game, hung out, and talked. And that's one of the beauties when you're meeting people in college. You can, you can make these lifelong connections. So that was pretty great. Number two, ready? This was yeah. our Sagatuck alumni maybe a little jealous. This year, I think we started a new tradition. We had a senior ski day. You know What? We- Yes, we did something productive with the senior skip day. No more Anna's house or anything. We decided we we're going to take the senior class skiing as a school-sponsored activity. So, yeah, I planned the seed during senior seminar. And you got to give credit to Adele. Adele okay. like drove the ship and she got it all organized. Uh, and then she asked myself and Mr. Smith to chaperone. That was a pretty easy answer, yes. So we went skiing to Bittersweet on Wednesday, uh, which was a lot of fun. Only about 20 seniors went. I would have liked to see a few more. But I think we'll keep doing it. It was quite a bit of fun. Lots of kids skiing for the first time. Um, and I'm not a great skier, but it was it was a lot of fun. Um, but poor Adele got the flu. She organized the whole thing, then got the flu and couldn't go. And then my third one, this is also exciting, but um, myself... Miss Lewis and Mr. Shaw just got approved to do a trip this summer to retrace the steps of Odysseus in the Odyssey. So it's super fun. What? What? (laughs) Yes. We planned out this trip. So there's Sagatuck, wonderful community. Um, Somebody in the community said, really think teachers should travel over the summer and they're going to donate a bunch of money to cover the costs. You just had to apply. So myself, Mr. Shaw, Miss Lewis put in an application to go to, we're going to fly into Rome, go to Sicily, uh, Sardinia, um, then over to Athens. And um, so it's super exciting. We just got approved yesterday. So you would have seen Miss Lewis. If you're in my AP Gov class yesterday, Miss Lewis came in and while the kids were taking the AP test, she gave me a huge high five. We did a couple of fist pumps. We're like, whoa. And I, honestly, I couldn't really believe it yesterday, but I think we're going to have a chance to have an awesome uh, 10 days in Europe this summer. So it's pretty cool. No way. That's going to be so exciting. I think I'll have to have the three of you on a return episode then because I want to hear all about that trip. That's going to be so fun. Yeah, very thankful. Still kind of in this shell shock uh, phase that it actually came through. And I think they're going to send Mr. Smith to Iceland and then a uh, elementary music teacher. I'm not sure where she's going, I, uh, but I think her trip got approved too. So it's very cool. No way. That's so exciting. I love that you guys get to go, like, go on these fun trips and stuff. That's really, really cool. Yeah. I, I want to circle back to your first one real quick. How did you meet that really close college buddy? Was it a roommate thing or just like a meet at an event or a class? Like, Yeah. So he was he lived on my floor freshman year so just basically down the hall from me 
um, kind of kitty corner. And then we uh, played basketball together our freshman year. And then just the friendship grew from there. But then I also lived with him after college in Chicago for a couple of years. He was a dear, dear friend. Um, And he also was kind of my introduction to Michigan um, because I'm a native New Yorker, but his parents have a cottage up in Frankfurt. Um, So the first time I was ever really to the west side of Michigan was to visit his cottage when I was a senior in college. No way. That's really cool. I'm hoping that I can be, I mean, I got everybody here is in Michigan, of course, but like, I think I'd be exciting for me to be like people's, you know, first like west side of Michigan connection and stuff. Yeah, be that gateway. Yeah, I think it'd be really fun because it's definitely like, I think once you go to a place like Holland or Saugatuck, it's a really, really unique spot to be. So that's really, really cool. Yeah, I want to dig more into your college experiences. So you are an alum of Union College and DePaul University. If you want to just kind of briefly talk me through your time at both of those schools, what led you to both of those places in general, kind of what did you study and, and all of that stuff? Yeah, sure thing. And so Union is in Schenectady, New York, which is right by Albany. Um, and it's a, so it's about three hours from where I grew up in Rochester. You just go uh, east on the New York State Thruway, three hours from where I grew up, you go uh, find it. It's a small school, about 2,000 kids. Um, so, you know, once you get out to the Northeast, there's quite a few of those nice smaller schools, you know, maybe a Hobart, Colgate would be a little bit bigger, Union, Hamilton, um, which are all nice colleges. They offer really good educations. Um, sticker prices are all super high, but then they do have healthy endowments like um, mm-hmm. the Union uh, pretty affordable for me, which is good. And I think they always meet 100% of kids' aid. So really good in terms of their financial aid. If the, you know if kids want to go there, and I would recommend looking at colleges like that. Um, and it is probably most known for like engineering. It's kind of good engineering school. Um, pretty good business programs. Trying to think Chester A. Arthur, American president. Don't ask me what number, but there's a statue of Chester A. Arthur on campus. And um, then probably pop culture-wise see um parks and rec tom haverford's good buddy there who's the goofball oh um oh ben schwartz ben schwartz is a union college alumni thank you oh, for no way yep he was there a little bit after me and then the guy who uh wrote dodgeball the movie and a bunch of other and goofy movies came up with the uh terry tate linebacker campaign uh so ross and thurber i believe is his name he is a year or two younger than me well, he went to Union College as well. Um, and then we were national champions in hockey probably about seven or eight years ago. So Division One hockey, Division Three, everything else. Um, and it is a good place. You know why I went there? Um, it was about the it was probably the best academic uh, college that I got into. Um, I did not get into Northwestern, but then Union was probably second in terms of like the most academically uh, good ap- reputation or whatever. And then um, also, to be very honest, I thought I could play basketball there. I'm a basketball geek. So Division three basketball um, kind of drew me in as well. And it's a beautiful campus. Uh, it's really, really nice. Um and then uh, I enjoyed it. The thing, you know, thinking of kids, I would say the small schools um, are great if you're ready to take advantage of the things that they offer to you. So the things that I took advantage of, right, I could play basketball and then I did a wonderful term abroad. Um, but then if you listen, it's interesting. I listened to a podcast about with Ben Schwartz a few years ago. 
And he was just singing the endorsements of this college. And we it's not like Union has a great drama department, but there are always professors there who are saying like, hey, whatever you want to do, if you, you know, just let us know, we'll really help you pursue your dreams. And he's an example of a guy who really took advantage of that. To be honest, I was pretty quiet in undergrad. I didn't really know quite who I was or what I wanted to do. So I look back and there's probably a bit of a missed opportunity, just that there was a small school feel. At times I felt like I was a little bit more ready to just to be a face in the crowd and be a little anonymous at college for a little while, like you could have at a bigger school. Mm-hmm. So, but I think, you know, uh, small school experience, I'm thankful for it that like my term abroad was awesome. I made these lifelong friends. Um, that type of stuff was really good. That's awesome. Where did you go? Uh, for my term abroad, I did a semester in York, England when I was a junior. Okay. And Union really prided itself. Like other small schools you hear, like, well, you know, we really want to send everybody who wants to go to go go abroad. Um, so I had that opportunity. It was great. That was probably my best thing that I did in my undergrad, for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. And then, so like, when did you realize you kind of wanted to go into like education and like teaching in that path? Yeah, so Union <laughs> didn't even have an ed program. Like they offered, you could stick around a fifth year and then get like a teaching degree. Um, But that was not really on my radar. They offered one ed undergrad class and it's just kind of like a survey about, you know, kind of landscape of education type stuff disparities in education. It was a really good class, uh, but I did not think I wanted to be a teacher uh, all the way through undergrad. I never student taught. I uh, wasn't, I was an English major, um, thinking I was going to do some sort of writing, something like that. Um, so I graduated my, with my English degree and I got a couple, I did a couple jobs just in the nonprofit world. Um, so there's another quick, unique thing about union is that I had a special loan slash scholarship. Um, so every year that I worked in public service, they knocked off 20% of my debt. So when I got out of college, I was like, I can give back for four or five years and just reduce my debt. Uh, anyway, so I never paid. I took a loan to go there, but I never paid it back. Like it just got forgiven, um, which was, I was thankful for that. But that kind of pushed me towards like the nonprofit world. Um, so then I moved to Chicago. I was working for the American Red Cross for a little while, about six months. Then I got a job at a place called Jobs for Youth, Chicago which I just did like fundraising and development work for them. I would like write up grant applications. Um, and once in a while I would teach there, like if they needed somebody, cause they would have kids come in and do like job readiness classes. And I, um, once in a while, I would teach there and I liked it. Um, And then while I was in Chicago, uh, they offered a, uh, it's called a Teach for Chicago program where they would, um, it's kind of like Teach for America, but just within the Chicago public schools. So they um, would throw you right into the classroom and then you could earn your master's degree while you're doing that. So that's where I got my master's at DePaul um, while I was doing the Teach for Chicago program, um, which was great. And so it's kind of the key here. I also didn't have to pay for grad graduate school. So uh, the Teach for Chicago program picked up the tab for me to get my master's at DePaul. That's awesome. And like, what is it like, just because I feel like I don't know, like, what is it like kind of getting a master's? Like, what are you kind of doing for that program? And like, how does that, how is it different from undergrad? Yeah, well, first of all, I was a much better student when I was getting my <laughs> master's. <laughs> yeah. Here it's pretty focused. You know, I would work, I did it all through night classes. So I would teach a full day and then I would go right downtown to DePaul and take a class. So I was very focused, like, hey, I need to get this done. I was a better student. Uh, in terms of like, um, okay, I'm just, I'm really going for A's here. You know, in undergrad, I could, frankly, I could be a little bit lazy and be happy with my B's. And I was like, no, this is grad school. Let's try to crank these things out. To be honest, some of my ed classes were a little bit easier um, than my undergrads, but um, 
I would say that the difference for me was my level of focus and then also the hours, you know, night classes were a little bit different. Um, the workload wasn't, um, it didn't seem as bad, but I also feel like you know how to do school very well at that point. Like, you know, you're going through some learning curve stuff right now. Like, yeah. oh, is this going to be more of a uh, class where I have to really read the text so I can get away with listening to the lectures or, you know, this is what they're doing on Blackboard or, oh, this is just some guys are going to, you're going to learn all that stuff as you go. By the time you go to grad school, I feel like you probably have a pretty good feel, you know, and beyond. I can't imagine that uh, getting a master's in education is anything like, you know, it's nowhere close to like a intense business school or law school or something like that. You know, this is in once you're at that level for education, they, they're they going to help you out, get your degree. You know, there's other people in the same boat um, as you. Um, but I really liked DePaul. I thought it was a good place. Um, I liked their campus. I liked, I really liked their professors. Um, yeah, I thought like it was a good environment. So yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I love, like, it's always important, I think, to have really good support, like faculty and peers and all of that, I think is such a critical element to like furthering education and development and stuff. And I'm curious, like you've had a lot of time experience, like teaching and teaching these different subjects. I feel like every teacher kind of has that, like their own distinctive teaching style. Like how did you kind of develop your style? I'm curious, when did you implement that, like, first five minutes talking about current events in your classes because I feel like that was always such like a big thing for me in high school and like when was that something you really knew you wanted to like put into your style and like how did you develop that kind of whole thing yeah probably pretty early on just as that um I like to try to connect with you guys you know by talking about the life that's going on around us um I mean I feel like school is a really good place to talk about it um and I sometimes I feel like we're doing things in injustice if we're not talking about it you know we're all in this place growing up together um um, you know, so I would think, I'm trying to think if I did that, I mean, my first years teaching, I was just learning so much about trying to teach. I don't know how much current yeah. events I was doing, but also, you know, this is probably true of any teacher's career, but I feel like a lot has gone on in the, in the 25 years I've been in the classroom here. I mean, like not to start with something tragic, but um, like Columbine happened. So my first year of teaching was 98. I think that's a, I think that's the year Columbine is 98 or 99. I mean, when I was a very young teacher mm -hmm. that hit and then 9-11 is not far after that. And then we get our, you know, um, the Obama election. And then we get, you know, all the stuff that's happened in the last few years. Um, I feel like there's always been stuff to talk about. I mean, like I said, it's probably true of any time in history, but I've been teaching for, through some tumultuous times. I think probably though, when 9-11 occurred, that felt something like, okay, you know, we have to slow down and just talk about what's going on and what's happening. And then with things like uh, Sandy Hook, I feel like you got to talk about stuff or, mm -hmm. you know, the other big events. Um, and um, yeah, I think it's a good way to connect with students too. Yeah, absolutely. I, like, I'm curious kind of to keep going into that. Like, you know, you teach like civics and government classes. Have you noticed like, has the content you've taught changed? Like, of course the history hasn't changed, but like has, you know, the way that you've taught that changed one and two, have you noticed like students' interest in different topics shifting over the years? Like, are there things people are more interested in now that was not like an interest when you were teaching five, 10 years ago? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Our students and you're, you guys in, included mm -hmm. definitely more aware I mean, much more aware than I was when I was your age, but even more aware than kids 10, 15 years ago, just in terms of our, there's a constant stream of news and even the things I like to, you know, belittle a little bit like, oh, I saw it on TikTok or whatever, but yeah. they're still seeing it on TikTok and it is informing them in different ways. Um, 
I mean, I think the most notable uh, subject, you know, that kids are much more vocal about and concerned about is like LGBTQ, uh, for sure. That, you know, um, that issue, you guys are going to be the pioneers on that one. I'm proud of your generation. Um, and I think you're going to bring the rest of us along with you. Um, so I'm ready for the ride and continue to learn. Um that one, I think the gun violence, you know, unfortunately, that's one that, you know, hasn't been going away. Um, I'm interested. I mean, I think the cultural wars are coming to education mm-hmm. even more so in the next couple of years. You know, we'll see where it goes. Um, I think there's it's always room to have good conversation. Totally. And, and I think you bring up that great point of like, I think that current events has really like found its way into like information feeds so much more than the past where like, you know, you have the five o'clock, six o'clock news. And, and still, I love like if Lester Holt's just on like when I'm home, it's like nice to kind of pop in and watch that. And he has a great voice. It's like NPR. Um, But like, yeah, now like I learned so much from the Washington Post TikTok account. Like it's so funny, but like they have a lot of great stories and it's really unique in that way. And too, like, yeah, teaching and, and how that's talked about in the political world is definitely it's a bummer to see for sure and it's a little like you know i think nerve-wracking both as a student and like trying to empathize with the teachers of like you know especially you see stuff in like florida and it's like oh i hope that that is something that we don't you know that doesn't get any worse or anything like that yeah i mean i think i'm still pretty positive about it um mm-hmm. and pretty hopeful i mean you just don't want it to have a chilling effect on the learning like good learning is good learning. you know if there's an interesting topic and you can research it and find out what was going on and the causes of it um, those are really good things. You don't want um, teachers to just feel like, oh, I can't, because oftentimes, I don't know, sometimes the stuff that they, you would argue they don't want you to teach about might be some of the stuff that you really should teach about. Like, you know, it's always one of those things if they tell you you should be afraid of it, like, okay, like maybe I will, but also let me look into this, you know, because why are they saying we should be afraid of it? I think is important, critical question to ask is just for you guys or young students, for me as teachers, you know, kind of what's the story behind the story a little bit. Absolutely. And I'm glad that you're hopeful. And I think I am hopeful as well about this whole thing. And I want to go a little bit more into, so you, of course, you taught me AP government and politics. We were talking, I have my pocket constitution still in my backpack from then. For anybody who's maybe taking the class now, we're kind of going into the course. Are there any like big general tips that you would give on like how to do well, how you've seen people do well and like the course material and the tests and things like that? Yeah, I'd be a little curious to hear from you too, Carter. Um, I think the adjustment that I've seen is that if you go into AP Gov thinking you can just memorize your way through, then you're kind of missing what they, the way they want you to be learning the way I probably want you to be learning too, they being like the college board. But it's not a class. I, I always go a little nervous when I hear like kids saying, oh, I made a Quizlet and I studied my flashcards all last night. And then I'm like, oh, it's not a matching test. Like you're not going to just be able to see all these definitions that you, somebody else put on Quizlet and you can memorize. Um, so I think trying to get the big picture ideas and the big themes. And I wonder as a teacher, if I'm doing a good enough job, like, hey, this is the theme. This is the overall what they're talking about. Um, yeah, I'm curious from you. How did you feel like? was different to try to prepare for an AP class and how's that compared to what you're doing now all that stuff I mean I think the biggest thing AP like the, well, the one thing with AP that I think is very funny is like I remember it very vividly especially in AP Lang um, Mr. Shaw basically saying like you will never have to write three essays in two hours ever in college and I'm like thank god um, <laughs> like so there's a shift in like what you have to do but I also feel like AP does a lot of like kind of preparing you to be in some like higher stress situations and like 
kind of quick academically challenging situations, which is really nice. I would say for Gov, like there's honestly, you know, I, I put in brackets in this question aside from watching the West Wing, of course, but there is something to like looking at that bigger picture and kind of seeing stuff. Like I kind of wish I had been watching the West Wing more during AP Gov and like could tie those things closer together now. I mean, still like Gov and civics and stuff gives me such a great appreciation for the show. But like, I think that was something too, is like seeing it in action and seeing it kind of with those broader topics and seeing it being like actually discussed, like what we do in the in the current events section, like of your, of your courses, I think really helped too of like, you know, yes, this is, you know, a legislation that passed. Yes, this is an amendment. What did it do? Why did it do? Like, there's a lot, I think digging deeper, which we tried to, which we did in the class was something that definitely really helped aside from like learning the facts and the names and stuff. Yeah, we just did that uh, on Disabilities Podcast, which I still think is such a good yeah. one. one. And then we uh, we just did that. And then sure enough, uh, like the headline the next day in the New York Times on the story was um, schools figuring out ways to like disappear disabled students, you know, it was like, Still fighting the same fights, you know, here here it is. And um, I do feel like I going back to your current event question, I always think that's cool. Like if you talk about them, you follow them, like sure enough, stuff's going to be written about and discussed. Like if you're tuning into the conversation, you can kind of see things unfolding. Absolutely. Like even, yeah, I think you're absolutely right in that of things are always kind of unfolding. And yeah, like the, the disability podcast, the ADA and stuff was something that really helped like paint that vivid picture. Like even now I still, I, you know, I remember the, I think this was vivid at the time, like the person who crawled up the steps of the, of the Capitol, like that sticks in your mind, even if you only hear about it through an audio medium, like it's a very striking image. Um, so yeah, seeing how the really the effects are and kind of looking at it on like both a broad level and like a granular level really help. Yeah, we were just yeah. talking about it yesterday, or yeah. two days. Yeah, that's awesome. Now I want to ask you a couple of questions that I love to ask everybody on the show, because I think they're just very fun, very broad things. So let's move into that territory with the first one being what is the most impactful piece of advice somebody has ever given to you? Yeah, um, when I was in high school, actually, and I was you know, listening to you and Ava the other day, you guys are <laughs> much better band students than I was, but I made it through my high school band until I was a sophomore, much because I had a very good band instructor, uh, mm -hmm. like like we do at Soccer Talk with Mr. Holtz. But his uh, saying was, uh, apathy is contagious, don't catch it. So just kind of being mindful of who you're around. And if you're hanging around other lazy folks who kind of tap out on things, then you might turn into that lazy person as well and kind of tap out on stuff. Because um, he was remarkable for the people he kept in band, myself included. Because um, I was, you know, um, my freshman year, I did it just to do it, get my uh, music credit out of the way. Uh, yeah. But then he was, yeah, he was great. So I, I like that one. Uh, you know, be aware of your ap apathy and the apathy of those around you. Um, so that was a good one for me. And then as a professional, one that was helpful for me um, way back in my probably my third year teaching, you know, very distinguished department chair in my English department. And I think I was bemoaning some aspect of my job. You know, English teachers can be ones to complain because we have to grade the essays. Mm -hmm. um, but he just looked at me and he's kind of like, you know, John, everybody gives up their pint of blood somewhere. And he's just kind of like, you know, you're doing your thing and you are working hard, but realize other people are working really hard too. And as a professional, that's something I try to keep in mind. Like how you treat your colleagues in whatever field you're going to go into, Carter, it always matters in yeah. terms of, you know, being at work and stuff. But that you try not to. My time is really no more valuable than other people's time. You know, um, I would value your time as a student and I would want you guys to value my time, that type of stuff as well. But uh, those two things where I thought were pretty impactful for me when I was a young person. Absolutely. I love the first quote. And I had not heard the second one, but I really like that uh, lesson as well. 
well. It's very, I think, valuable and important for everybody kind of going into different fields and all of that. So love yep. it. The other one I love to ask is, do you have an ultimate tip for somebody going into college? Um, yeah, I think, you know, try. You're still going to learn a, quite a bit about yourself through the journey, mm-hmm. um, which is wonderful. That's one of the big reasons to go um, in addition to learning a cool subject or whatever you're, you know, you're studying, but you're going to learn a ton about yourself. But I say the best you can try to stay true to who you think you are too. You know, just lean right into that. Um, I think I was a little concerned about what I thought I needed to be, you know, that type of stuff as opposed to just leaning into who I totally was. That probably came later in my 20s, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think the earlier you can do that, um, probably the better experiences you're going to have. But also keep an open mind. Don't get stuck like, oh, I'm a finished product. Like continue to learn, but just lean into your passions, who you think you are, all that type of stuff. Absolutely. It's a very interesting line to walk between like continued self-discovery and like kind of staying true to like the self that you know to kind of be the, the core version of yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Further, I love talking about expectations with people, especially like, do you have any, do you recall any of your expectations? expectations going into school and kind of any moments of the like reality maybe being different than those yeah I probably didn't I definitely felt like I was ready to go to college and kind of conquer all of it I probably underrated I think I was homesick a couple different occasions but just didn't want to admit it um so I think it's okay if you get a little homesick you know you can uh go make a visit don't linger around the hometown too much but I think it's okay um and trying to think other expectations I mean I think it's important to keep in mind right that nothing's going to be perfect you are you're gonna hit some rough patches um i had some rough patches for sure my first year of college um and that was more just like you know like they're listen to older students when they tell you about the professors i was like i don't need to listen to that i'm not worried about any class i'll take any class like what are they gonna do like i got in you know i took a yeah i got really bad grade in class it was not by far not only the professor's fault but I was I was warned. Be careful of that class, and I thought I knew better and all that type of stuff. But so listen to your listen to the advice. Don't think you know everything. Um, that's a you know that's a good old Mr. Kerner quote. Um, one of our favorites from Saga. Yes. Every year you get older, you realize there's more that you don't know. Like that was profound. <laughs> I should have kept that in mind. Like the more you learn, you're more like, oh shoot, I didn't know that stuff before. You know so. I keep that in mind. Indeed. Yeah, I, I think, like, especially I think kind of having the privilege of coming from a school like the Saugatuck, where, like, I feel like literally there is not a, there is not a bad teacher at Saugatuck High School. I love all of the teachers are phenomenal, and it was kind of like, you know, and they all had their respective subjects, and I think you come to college and you realize the importance of a professor and, and, and the value of things like, right, my professor and things like that. Right. Like, it is important to know the classes you're going into and who's teaching them and things, so you definitely learn that lesson. So speaking of Mr. Kern, this was a question that I've been wondering about for a while. Who's running Quiz Bowl now? Now, oh, job. it's back. Yeah. So there's yeah. a guy, Mr. Wickham. Kenny Wickham is his name. And he uh, is, I think he's been like our floating sub, but now he's he's around almost every day. But he took on the quiz bowl uh, job and they're rocking it, Carter. Yeah, that's what I've heard is they're crushing it. Yeah, so they go against my oldest, who goes, who's a proud member of the Holland High Quiz Bowl team. Okay. Neck and neck between Holland and Sagatuck. And they had a big showdown the other night. And I think Sagatuck beat them by two questions. Oh, um, wow. But yeah, Quiz Bowl is back uh, for sure. That's fun. I'm glad Quiz Bowl is back. Yeah. I am as, as well. That was a definitely a very happy thing for me to read. I was like, yes, let's go. Did you do um, it freshman, sophomore year? Freshman, sophomore year, then COVID, yeah. COVID took it down. Like, 
like, because our season ended, we had a really abrupt season sophomore year. One, because of COVID, and two, because I think it exclusively snowed on Wednesdays in 2020. <laughs> yeah. um, because it was, like, always, like, the week is fine. And then Wednesdays, it's, like, ice warning. I'm like, I guess we're, we're not doing that this week. But, and then it was, like, you know, and then, of course, Mr. Kerner uh, moved to a different school for his senior year. So it was kind of, like, a alas. I, I remember the, the AP Gov Jeopardy kind of gave me the right quiz bowl rush that I needed, though. So that was a nice moment. Um, yeah, we just but, did other day too and actually so this was like i was a uh, moderator at a quiz bowl earlier oh, yeah. this this year and so let's see if you remember this uh if you'll get this term they talked about the shadow of the moon do you remember what the, that term is so this is like roe v wade how we get the rights do you remember that term starts with oh, a p oh no do you know what i'm talking about though i think so i'm trying to think roe v wade you say shadow of the moon and i think of like dark side of the moon i'm like that's a pink yeah. album um <laughs> yeah but they uh, was, so they said it was like they it was the shadow of the rights that we have in the constitution but we don't actually have privacy they use like the, the fourth amendment the ninth amendment to kind of create this shadow that says it gives us privacy yeah. So this is a very geeky conversation that we're having right now. I'm loving it. I love but it. Was, uh, do you remember the term? So, so like, the, so they how they made the right to privacy. Oh my gosh. Um, I know. Like now that you told that story, it's very much in my mind. But I'm trying to like rack it through. Feel bad. Uh oh. Um, so, so it's called a penumbra. Right? Penumbra. Yes. Yeah. So Augie was there, and Augie got it. Uh, he got that question right. It was one of these quiz bowl roundtable things. And then uh, I went home and I was talking to my kiddo. I was like, hey, did you get a uh, penumbra? He's like, no, I didn't know penumbra. I was like, hey, man, you got to listen to dad because one of my students knew it. You didn't know it. You know, you got to listen to me a little bit more often. But Augie gave me credit for two quiz bowl questions that night. It was funny. That's um, amazing. Yeah. Pen penumbra. I remember it now and I don't think I'll ever forget it. There um, you go. Yep. Yeah. Now you, you go under jeopardy later in life, Carter. That's I would fun. love to. Man, that'd be fun. Yeah. Um, like Ken Jen. Like, I, I feel like it'd be way harder than even you think it is like i feel like it would be something where like i want to take the quiz but i feel like it would just be you have to know so much yes very very category driven if i got a few categories i'd be okay and there'd be some other categories i'd just be lost you know right like, no shot yeah. No shot. I think I remember there's a Cheers episode where like Cliff Clavin goes on Jeopardy and like all the categories are <laughs> yeah. like dedicated to him and it's so funny. Yeah, he kills. Um, yeah. yeah. So good. That's a great, that's a great series. All beside the point. Um, what is a, do you recall, do you have a dorm room essential item? Something that either you remember like loving in your dorm or like that you would. Yeah, this cracked, really cracked me up when I was looking at your question. So, I mean, back in my day, you had to have a CD player and, and good speakers, you know, and then somebody had to bring the, uh, the game device which would have been like a nintendo or sega genesis back in our day yeah. um then yeah tv that type of stuff i mean we are right at the start of like you can just sit in your dorm room and play tetris or you know a video game back in the day if you yeah. chose to um so there's always gaming device um a stereo a tv and maybe you could get a microwave in there and make some popcorn uh, that was kind of stuff. I did make me curious how you guys can consume your music in the dorms these days. Is everybody kind of doing their own thing on their with their headphones and Spotify? Or are you like because we used to just blast music in the dorm rooms? Um, that yeah. definitely still does happen. Um, I think that there is a lot to be said about like headphones and things, especially in like public and all of that. But there are definitely like I remember I've definitely been awoken of on of many a football Saturday to like <laughs> the reverberations of a beat coming through my walls. Um, so like definitely there are those people who love like 
like who still blasts the music and you can hear it. I think in the in the showers, especially like you know where there's a communal bathroom, and that's a really big place for like usually somebody will have some kind of like big loudspeaker going in the showers in the bathroom. So that's kind of nice in the morning. Like Fun. I think on the first day of class, I woke up and I walked in and somebody's blasting Pitbull, and I'm like, this is the right energy I need. Um, so <laughs> it's great. So I think that there is still like that nice loudspeaker music element to it, which is very fun. Yeah. 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 Now I'm curious, this is always fun for Sagatuck students, but I'm curious, do you have a moment from high school for your high school experience that you still think about? Um, yeah, it's funny how those things come back to you, you know, now and then, mm -hmm. uh, high school experiences. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had a good group of friends, so those things will kind of pop in and out randomly. I have good basketball memories, and I've just hanging out with my buddies' memories. Um, in school, probably the craziest one would be my freshman year taking biology. We're doing a lab, which was the way we used to do it. It means you double up your period. So opposed to being in biology for 45 minutes, you'd end up being there 90 like once a week, they do a double period. Okay. But uh, my this is back in the day when teachers used to smoke all the time. And my poor teacher, I really liked the guy, but he could not really make it through that long without going and taking a smoke break. This is school in the 80s and 90s here, buddy. But uh, right. he, um, so we are dissecting the fetal pigs, the little pigs, and he just left the room. Uh, and he left, oh. you know, 25 kids in the room by themselves with the dissection tools and stuff. And I was a freshman. And then there are some kids in there who are seniors who like, this is maybe their second or third time through biology. Oh no! And okay. then, like the next thing you know is that a, a kid had taken the rope and put it through the nose of the pig. And then literally Carter, he was standing up on a lab table, like swinging the pig around his head. <laughs> it was amazing. Um, and I don't think the teacher was ever any the wiser. I think it had stopped by the time he walked back in. Um, but I was, I was a little guy, man, is like 14 and like five foot five, you know, I was like, whoa, what is going on here? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's pretty funny. Um, so you'll have, yeah, you'll have those stories that you'll go back to. I heard you and Ava talking about band. I mean, anytime you yeah. have those group activities, you know, whether it's a team, it's band or whatever. Um, those moments are pretty special when you think back to them, you know? Absolutely. A lot of another one that came up, I, I just talked to Kaylin and then soon enough, there'll be an episode out with uh, Juliana as well. And both of them independently talked about like that secret room between like Miss Moore's room and the library <laughs> and the like media room that like little tiny shack that like us seniors renovated and put in a mini fridge and like painted. So that's another one that comes up a lot too, of just like that little space that we had that is I didn't like, know you now guys, gone. I didn't know you had a fridge in there and everything. <laughs> oh, wait, by the end of the year, it was like a lot of that was, I think, thanks to like Miss Moore, I think brought some of that stuff in and like you know pencils and things but like Kayla and Juliana like took out part of the table like like they were getting a jump start on the high school renovations so like I love it. they took out part of the room we added in like chair like comfy chairs it was really like you knew you could fit upwards of like 10 to 15 people in there during like an advisory um that's where all of you were <laughs> yeah that's where we all went um that was always where we all went um that's funny but, yeah I was done the wiser to that one Carter yeah well, I, I've all gone back the curtain yeah um that's funny yeah, yeah. the walking into our school right now is kind of a trip too because there's not much room there's all these fake walls like yeah yeah it's pretty it's pretty crazy that's what i've heard has your room been affected by it yet like i know is it true that maybe like mrs terhar is in the the lunch room now and like miss moore and mr warder in the the band room with like a fake wall like all true yeah wow. yeah but in true mrs terhar style 
Like she has like her nice little lamp, little corner. Like somehow oh, she, took, she, does. she took the lunchroom and made it feel more like welcoming and homey than my room, which I haven't had to touch. I just, you know, don't have the nice feel for it. Um, but yeah, then the the walls have gotten so much more narrow, like where my hallway with Mr. Walker and Mr. Shaw, it's only six mm-hmm. feet wide now. And oh, no. like when I go out and talk to Mr. Walker and I still kind of are on our post there. We always yeah. lean against the wall, but you, you'll hear guys with drills like right behind just like like at any moment that they're doing this like work you know behind us um which is pretty funny because it seems like we might get zapped by a drill at some point you know if we lean too close um but yeah it's a different feel around there right now but the band band room's awesome that's really cool it's gorgeous i i kind of like peeked around it um over winter break a little bit but it was just yeah absolutely it's a wonderful room and like that's also going to be the front office rumor has it is that true as well like so that's where they all are now so like okay. Miss they all moved to that part of the building. That's only going to be temporary though. And then Dr. Travis is going to move in there. Like that will okay. eventually be the superintendent's office. And then the folks in the main office will move back to like a more centrally located area, as far as I know. <laughs> That's exciting though. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm very excited to see how it'll all look in the end and like what that'll all be like. Um, I feel like I'm a little bit grateful though that I, we, I think our senior class struck kind of the perfect medium of like, you know, getting out right before all the big renovations started. And like, yes, we don't get to see the end product, but we also don't have to like live through it for a while. So yeah, yeah. I agree with you. I think, because uh, they actually even moved lockers, Carter. Oh, no way. Like they put drywall right up over where the lockers were. But they just moved the blank of lockers like uh, to. So there's now lockers down the hallway where the band room was. Oh, the hallway is now lined with lockers. It's going to make that really tight. Yeah, there's no there's no space (laughs) like your little cubby would be like worth even more this year because the students are like, there's nowhere to go. All there is walls until you get down by the band room. Then it's very nice. Yeah, Yeah, it it always has that nice open space. Yeah, I'm very excited for all of that. Um, now I love talking about music for a little bit more. I have a school survival playlist that I've been building with this whole podcast. And I'm curious if you have a song that got you through either a period of school or a period of like teaching, like something that kind of has helped you through that time. Yeah. You know, COVID, um, when we came back that fall of 2020, like that was a very intense teaching experience. That was a lot yeah. of work to get everything ready. Um, I went through kind of some random music, but I was thankful I found it at the time. So everything from... You know, I have my 1990s hip hop phase still, but Mr. Shaw got me uh, hip to like John Prine, which is very like, uh, he's a singer songwriter, folky. I listened to a lot of music during that time and I did a lot more work at home than I normally do. And I had to like put on my headphones and just go somewhere where I could focus. And um, yeah, I was very thankful for the music at that point. Um, Yeah. And I felt like I did discover some new stuff through that where kind of got yeah. away from listening to 90s hip hop for a little bit uh, <laughs> you know, which was which was good yeah um i don't know if i have anything that would suggest suggest for your playlist right now carter uh, wow. oh you know what this is a funny one it's kind of goofy but i think it's such a meaningful song it's only like two minutes but bill winners grandma's hands like if you have a special grandma in your life you listen to that song like it'll, it'll hit you and it's only like two minutes long um and he's got such a great voice but uh yeah yeah that's yeah. a good one yeah yeah that's great that's fun there's always an eclectic mix i feel like covid i cycled through so much more music yeah than normal i think because it was always just on and like listening to it but i definitely feel like i've gone through a variety of, of playlists and things like that even 
still it's like I go back to the stuff I was listening to two months ago and I'm like, wow, very different mix. So yeah, to kind of explore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Last big question of the interview I'd love to ask. What would you tell your freshman freshman self in college and then your first year self teaching? Mm, yeah, my freshman year self. I think I'd go back to like be true to who you are. Like I, I had a good high school. And I have great parents and um, I feel like I had a pretty good foundation. I didn't always believe in it when I was in college, you know, so just kind of trusting that part of myself would have been helpful. Um, and I think it's good advice for everybody, you know, lean yeah. into that stuff. And then um, first year teaching. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, continue to work hard, continue to learn. And I think just paying attention, to be honest, as a teacher, you can learn so much from your students. If like you, if you look for it, if you see them, if you get blinded by the content and all you're thinking is about like, how can I teach like only causes of World War II and blah, 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 blah. This is it. This is all they need to know. But you don't ever take your students into account. You're like, you're missing a huge portion of the experience. Like um, I continue to learn from my students, but I learned so much from them early on as well. Um, so I think just a reminder of that. Sometimes, so many times we like, hmm, what should we fix in education or how can we do better at this? And then the last people we ask are you guys, the actual students. Yeah. We have all these guys, folks who have like, yeah, I haven't been in a classroom on the other side, you know, in 30 and yeah, well, 30 years since high school, you know, but we'll just have, we'll, I'll talk to other people my age and not really take you guys into account. Uh, so I think it's always a good reminder to like talk to the students, uh, get to know you guys, learn from them. Um, I think it's good. Yeah. And, and you've done a great job of that from, from everything I've experienced with everybody. So bravo. Yeah. yeah. The, the actual final question is just, do you have anything else to plug or anything you want to share or put out there for, for people? Mm, interesting. Um, speaking of my, uh, so I had the day off and before I came on with you, I was thoroughly enjoying <laughs> PBS uh, is doing a whole little mini series on hip hop <laughs> in the 90s okay. before that. So I was so into it, Carter. I was so happy with my day off so far. And this is making my day too talking to you. Uh, but I recommend that uh, Chuck D from Public Enemy is the producer and so i was watched the one that took you through the 80s which is great stuff talks about reagan the war on drugs and what's going on in la and new york and all that stuff and then i went back and was watching the first episode which is more like 60s and 70s but i was telling my my kids who are also home like hey this is when you know you've gotten old is when they are doing a special on stuff that you really enjoy on pbs <laughs> you're really not going <laughs> to it yeah it was good so yeah. i guess I, I don't have anything personally to plug but i would give that a shout out i think that's uh it was really cool that's a great one i will link that in the in the show notes for sure yeah, yeah i'll be curious what i'm so so curious about what the documentaries will be on like the 2020s and the 2010s kids and like oh man it's gonna be, weird. be good stuff yeah when like stranger things comes out but it's like i don't know in the 2060s and it's about everybody in the 2020s and i'm like it's gonna be it's gonna be weird but it'll be exciting you, you guys are fascinating too though because you have footage of absolutely everything we do like on your phones you know you like everything will be able to be played back you know sometimes you go back to the 60s and 70s I feel like oh I've seen that before in a little bit of a different documentary right but there's a there's like limited newsreels and info and you guys have it all you we know have been living through these times and from so many different perspectives um I think I I trust your guys generation is going to produce great music art um I think really interesting commentary yeah. like I have an 18 year old in my house who is uh funny, uh, irreverent at times. And I think, you know, uh, coming out on the other side of some of these things, 
I think it's going to just be rich for our arts and um, to see how we are uh, taking it all in, you know? Yeah. I, I think you're right. I appreciate your, your faith in our generation and your confidence. I think it's always nice to, to hear that from, from prior generations. I think there's definitely, at least it gets inflamed a lot of the like generational quote unquote wars or differences. So I appreciate the, the hope and the faith in us. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm pretty bullish on you guys. You know, I have some hope. <laughs> there's yeah. some stuff, there's some stuff that you're going to have to have to help us out with here, Carter. You know, no, no shortage of things going on, but um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You guys did Dona, you know, you got to clue us into the jokes at times though. Like don't, you know, don't just fly over our heads, you know, give us a little uh, shout out at times to keep us involved. You know, we can do that. There was, I was just watching an SNL skit of uh, Pedro Pascal was on this last weekend and he was like playing like a teacher at an assembly and like all these kids were making like TikTok videos of him. And he's like, I don't know what you're saying. Like, I don't know if this is a good <laughs> thing or not. I don't know what it means. Um, it was very funny to, to kind of watch. And even I'm like, I don't know what these words mean either sometimes, but we'll yeah. try. We'll try our best to cue you, cue you in. All right, man. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming on. It's been wonderful to talk to you. Um, do you have any other kind of final parting words for the episode? Uh, no, I'm proud of you, Carter. I think it's great. Uh, keep it going. You know, uh, let us know if we can ever help you out. But I'm always curious to hear how you guys are doing. And um, yeah, I've been recommending your pod, you know, so keep it keep it going. Um, thank you. Yeah. Good luck with the rest of your semester. Um, yeah. And I know I'll see you. I don't I don't think you'll yeah. be a stranger to us too much. So I uh, look forward to seeing you in person, not too distant future. Me too. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And, and best of luck with the rest of the, the trimester and the rest of the year for you as well. Um, thank you for coming on again. Listener, thank you for listening. I've been Carter Dvorak. That has been John Green. Not the, the Crash Course one, but the other one. Um, but still my favorite John Green. You know what? I'll put it on the record right now. Anyways, if you want to find us, our Instagram is at StucoPod. Our email is StucoPod at gmail.com. If you have any other questions or suggestions. Wishing you the best of luck and the best of times in all of your educational endeavors. The Student Council is adjourned.